Get ready for comedy. Almost horny. Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. <laughs> and poetry. Hotter than Vesuvius. More well endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show on Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. Oh, and now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Yes, it's me, ladies and gentlemen. It's Adam Sank here with another new episode of The Adam Sank Show. Today is Sunday, May 27th. We are celebrating Memorial Day weekend, and just in time... It's our best of ass Memorial Day special. Yes, come on, everyone! Such enthusiasm. Oh, yes, yeah, such enthusiasm <laughs> here in the studio. Um, you guys, we are going to be uh, recapping some of the best guest segments that we've had over the past six months, since the year is just about half over, and we've really had some tremendous guests. Um, but first, I want to welcome my guest co-host for this special. It is the one and only Mr. Joey DeGrandis. Hello, ass listeners. Good to be back. Welcome back, yes. Joey. Yeah. To remind everyone, Joey has a uh, a, a birth defect. Uh, <laughs> a uh, what do you call it? A a skill. A special skill. A special skill. He has highly autobiographical uh, recall. He can remember uh, days of his life in great detail, and also his brain works like a giant calendar. Mm. For example, Joey, what day of the week was Memorial Day? In 1985. Trick question. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It's like saying, what day was February 30th in 1985? <laughs> okay, so I have a better question. When was the last time you were on the ass? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, last time, I, last time I was in the ass, on the ass, was... A little bit of both. Let's go both. February 18th. That was President's Day weekend. Okay, oh, and when was the last time you were inside Three his ago. ass? I mean... I don't think Joey's ever been inside my ass. <clears throat> oh, hey. So anyway, Memorial Day in 1985. <laughs> yes. Well, to kick off the show, and by the way, this is JB, of course, with us, our associate producer, running the board and uh, chiming in with his uh, his amazing comments. Um, I want to start this show by telling both of you and all my listeners 12 things you never knew about Memorial Day. Okay. Hmm. I can't remember what website I found this on. It may have been BuzzFeed. <laughs> but I actually didn't know any of these things. Um, we should also say that Memorial Day is, of course, when we commemorate... Uh, those service people who have lost their lives fighting for our country. And uh, I want to give a special shout-out this year to trans service people, uh, those who are have served and lost their lives and those who are still serving because they are brave and courageous and amazing. Yes, you should applaud for them, JB. And um, they're facing a, a lot of bullshit right now, courtesy of the Trump administration. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to them and say thank you so much for your service and to all service people. Thank you for your honestly. Service. Yeah. Um, but we here's, appreciate you. Yes, but here are twelve things you didn't know about Memorial Day. When it first debuted, it was immediately after the Civil War, and it was called Decoration Day, hmm. which sounds like a gay holiday. <laughs> I was just yeah, say. sounds real gay <laughs> for interior designers. No, it's it, uh, flowers. You people laid flowers on the graves Aww. of those who had died in the Civil oh, like War. Oh, like to decorate them with flowers. Yes. Oh, it was I see, Decoration Day. Okay. It was initially designed just for the Civil War, and it stayed that way for more than 100 years. Wow. It didn't expand to casualties of other wars until after World, World War I. Um, number three, its birthplace is a hot debate. There are about two dozen towns across the U.S. who claim that they were the first to celebrate Memorial Day. Uh, the U.S. government says it was Waterloo, New York, um, but uh, New York. Come on, New York. <laughs> come on, Waterloo. <laughs> but there are other people who uh, who say otherwise. Um, the first Memorial Day was celebrated by freed slaves. Newly freed slaves in Charleston, South Carolina, held a ceremony uh, for fallen Union soldiers, and that came before the Waterloo event. But experts don't consider it the first Memorial Day because it didn't directly lead to the federal holiday. Basically. They're just saying that, oh, because it was black people, it that's doesn't right. count. That's Shady exactly. heifers. Uh, you know what? I'm that's done. exactly right. Good with life. The date of the holiday was chosen for its weather because uh, it would be a time when both the North and the South would have flowers in bloom. 
it's a pretty balmy time. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful time. day for a holiday, I have yeah. to say. Um, the first Memorial Day was just as big as today's. In 1868, 5,000 people decorated graves at Arlington National Cemetery, and that's the same number of people who, who visit Arlington now on Memorial Day. Oh, wow. Wow. Unchanged all those years. Yeah. It wasn't always the last Monday of May. In fact, until 1971, when it became an official federal holiday, uh, it was May 30th, regardless of what day of the week that was. Mm. And then they uh, passed what was called the Uniform Monday Holiday Act, <laughs> which said that all federal holidays had to be celebrated on a Monday so that we could all have three-day weekends. Yeah. Yay! Come on, three-day weekends. And immortalize the Memorial Maybe. Day cookout and the beach yeah. day. That's so the, cute. Yeah. That was a, I think that was probably a good decision. Here's One decision th- we made smartly. Yes. <laughs> the last time the federal yeah. government passed a good law. <laughs> right? Um, the flag, if you're flying your flag at half-staff, it should not stay that way all day. It should only stay at half-staff until noon and then go to full staff until sundown, just Hi-o. like Joey does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so. like a half day of mourning and a half day of celebrating. That's yeah. what that sounds like. It just sounds like a half penis. You're like half the day, your penis <laughs> is lip, and then at the rest of the day, a full extent. It's very <laughs> respectful. <laughs> Taps was originally a song that they played to say goodnight. Oh, it was yes. a bedtime song written in 1862, uh, and then eventually it became a funeral song. Um, a poem, insp- wait, what? I don't understand this one. Oh, so apparently you're supposed to scatter poppies on graves. That's the official flower of Memorial Day is oh, the poppy poppies, flower. red oh, poppies. Right. Okay. And that started from a poem written by uh, Lieutenant Colonel John McRae. He was a Canadian who wrote In Flanders, Flanders Field. Fields. You know this, I read Joey? that in school, I was going to say. We read that for Memorial Day in school. I've never heard of it. it. <laughs> you didn't even say the full thing. He, you just said part of the word and where it's from, and he got I was, it. Yeah. Well, wow. it, it goes so to jealous. show that it, it that is like the Memorial Day poem, right? Yeah. He Apparently. wrote it. He wrote it um, after World War One in it, Belgium in Flanders. Here's where Joey's memory finally shines. We've been waiting. Right? Been on the ass many times. So long. Been waiting for a demo. In a game show, it was no use. <laughs> um. There are uh, bikers, motorcyclers, who celebrate this holiday every year. Um, it started in 1988. They call they call themselves the Rolling Thunder. Hmm. Uh, wait, am I getting this right? This is really terribly written. <laughs> You'll have to look this up yourself. Okay. On Memorial Day in 1988, about 2,500 motorcycles rode through Washington, D.C., calling the government to account for POWs and those missing in action. By 2017, the annual Rolling Thunder First Amendment demonstration run, that's what it's called. That's a mouthful, wow. Uh, had grown to 900,000 riders. Oh, shit. So it's cool that they do that. That is cool, yeah. It's a and lot. A lot of the last fact is the shittiest fact and the one that's going to piss everyone off. <laughs> oh, Some states great. have their own Confederate Memorial Days. Holy... <sighs> in which Confederate flags are planted next to the graves of Confederate soldiers. Georgia observes Confederate Memorial Day, marking the anniversary of the end of the Civil War. Southern states uh, that celebrated also include Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, North Carolina, and South Carolina. And um, that's racist. It's the same day. <laughs> yeah, they do it on that day. Oh, that's how I feel about that. They can't just be like, we're going to honor our dead. They have to be like, and we fought for slavery to yeah. stay. It's yes. this whole like, revisionist yeah. history thing, you know? This it's whole horrible. Whole... Yeah, it's... Hmm. So those are 12 things you didn't know about Memorial Day, and I hope that wherever you are listening to this, you are having a fabulous, safe, no Fine. drunk driving, lots of pot smoking <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. Hi-oh. Um and, uh, and now I want to look back at some of our favorite uh, guests of this past year. And Joey, here's an interesting fact. You've only hosted two episodes co-hosted two episodes Mm -hmm. this year and both those episodes are featured in today's special because having you here makes for a great segment so the first one was when you were co-hosting and we had um two broadway stars jen cody and hunter foster Mm -hmm. they're neighbors of mine they live across the hall and they've both been in tons of broadway shows uh hunter is a tony award nominee Jen is a voiceover artist who's been in Disney films. They're just amazingly talented people. They were so fun. They're cool. Very fun. Yeah. So I asked them how they met, and we also talked about when uh, 
Jen was in the Broadway musical Taboo, the Boy George musical. So mm-hmm. here's how the segment went down. What I have always wondered, and I don't know the answer to this, is how you two met. And I want to guess that it was maybe when you both were touring with cats. That's it. Yes. And I don't mean the musical. I mean you were touring we, with we, actual we had cats. a bunch yes. of cats in the back of a car. And a Winnebago. And, yeah. <laughs> no, you were both touring. You were, Was it a national tour? It was. Um, I had been out first. Hunter joined the company. Um, and my, I think you're uber talented, honey, but you know what he was not good at? The makeup. Oh. You so, had to do your own. You had to do your own makeup. And so... you. He would always look like a stroke victim. Like there was always one side that was just a little off. Strokey cat. But I fell in love with that. Yeah, strokey cat. And you guys were super young, right? You were both just out of... We were young, yes. It was our first... It was my first job job. It was my first job. Yeah. Right out of college. Wow. I mean, that's pretty fucking great. Your first job's a national tour. Yeah, and yeah, we're still cool. together. That's the well, great that's part. Well, that's crazy. Like, that's... So I'm imagining that you, your eyes met and you said, oh my God, Hunter's the only straight guy here. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting him. Yes. Is that what happened? It was actually the exact thing. I'd been out on the road a year and I was like, uh-uh. I'm, that's the straight one I'm taking But she it. had to beat out. There was someone else. Wow, look at a beat out. It was a competition. Yeah, it was a competition because it was, there was there was another uh, girl that was there who was- Woman. I, no, she, well, she was a young woman. She was- uh, <laughs> But she, would, she didn't seem like a woman. I mean, she was- yeah, I mean, she, she, yes, she was a woman. <laughs> you yeah, micro-cheating, Hunter? What? But she was... Uh, <laughs> that was micro-cheating. Yeah. Yeah. She micro-cheating. was uh, uh, tall, leggy, Irish. I, she had an accent. Oh. That's all I'm saying about that. Yeah, yeah. That's but, ridiculous. Yeah. They'll get you. I love that. I don't know you. this gentleman's name, but yawning. JB. JB is our associate producer. JB, you're yawning during this uh, story. What? It, don't, don't mind me. Don't mind me. Heterosexuality bores him. All right. Here's the deal. I'm going to make it a little more racy for you. So I had to, like, scandalously get this guy, right? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going against the leggy br- uh, Irish girl with the huge breasts and the blonde hair. So... We should mention that Jen, while beautiful, is rather petite. I'm very small. So um, I called ahead to the next hotel we were going to and I found out what room he was in. And I got the room across the hall. Oh my goodness. And, mm-hmm, I didn't know this till a couple years ago so I didn't yeah. realize that I was being stalked. And, yeah. <laughs> Stalker? I would listen at my door in the morning when I'd hear him leave I would go down because I knew you having breakfast in the hotel lobby of course because that's the only place on tour and I would walk into the room like three minutes after he had sat down you and conveniently I'd be like hey yeah. Yeah. and he'd go nice. oh you, you want to sit? I'm like sure that'd be great so I kind of stalked him. You crafty little <laughs> stalk. <stunt. laughs> she did. And what happened to the Irish woman? Is she still in the business? No, I don't, I don't think know where so. she is. She went back to Ireland and is now working as a barmaid. I saw her on the side of the street coming here today. But coincidentally, yeah. um, the way I actually ultimate grabbed him and pulled him in is that he was laying by the pool and I went and laid next to him in a thong. Oh, my oh, goodness. Okay. She pulled out all, all the ass. guns. Yeah, Jen has a fantastic ass. We've actually had contests. Oh, wow. And Jen's the only one whose ass can beat mine. Well, he, he parades it a lot. Well, we have a picture of you in the, in the assless jeans. <laughs> assless chaps. Like it was uh, nose jeans. It was, oh, was assless it? jeans about 10 years they ago. They were jeans. It was a New Year's Eve. It was okay. I think I was high. Yeah, and I just I'm sure. showed up at your door. No, but you took your pants down, and he was in his assless jeans, and we, we took, took side by side pictures of, of. I need to see that picture because my, my ass was probably at its peak then. It's definitely been on the decline Aww. ever <laughs> since. You guys are really I still think your ass is wonderful. Thank you, JB. Are you talking to me? Jen. JB's awake. Uh, both, both parties. So sweet. You needed to spice it up a little. So back to you guys. So you guys were in Cats, and then somehow you both you both wound up in Greece on Broadway, correct? Yes. How did yeah. that happen? I mean, if, if can I just say it seems like you had an, an immediate success as actors, which is not the norm in any way. Um. I mean, it, right. I mean, I think it's it, it's difficult. It was def- especially difficult back then because uh, there weren't as many shows. I think there were like eight Broadway shows. Yes. Um, yeah, I I had terrible luck when I first got here. I didn't get anything. I was just going after audition after audition. For what, a month? Money. No, you were, you were like in your while. early 20s when you were in Greece. Well, it's like, I mean, I mean, I, it was, but I, you, you get discouraged because you go in like 40 auditions and you're like, don't even get anything and then you're like oh god am i gonna be able to make it and then you know it, it literally happened within like two weeks 
that I got cats in Greece. I get oh, you got them at the same time. I got them within two weeks of each other. And Jen, and Jen, you were yeah. were you in Greece at the same time he was? Um, yeah. So I came back. I did Cats in New York, and then um, I left Cats. So, Ka- so I'm sorry. So Cats was your first Broadway yes. musical. Yes. And Greece was yours, Hunter. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And um, I auditioned for the first National of Greece that was going out, and mm. I got that. And the first four weeks I was out on the road, the girl playing my part in New York gave her notice. What part was that? Cha cha. And they brought me back in. So I, we had gone through this whole thing that I'm going to go away for a while. It's going to be terrible. And then it was four weeks and I got to come back. So. And what were you fun. playing, Hunter? Uh, I was Roger. Who's Roger? The Mooner. Hashtag oh. ass. Oh. Oh. Hashtag ass. Going. Both of your asses ass. were exposed. Oh, yeah. And what? you're the best uh, dancer at St. Bernadette's. <laughs> the With the worst dancer. reputation. With the worst reputation. See, you it do fits. know some I shit. Know some. Good I for know you, some. Joey. You, know you just earned your gay card. There you go. Uh. Was this the Rosie O'Donnell production of Grease? Yes. Do you have any nightmare stories about her? I have to say, so I've done, I think, seven shows with Rosie at this point. Hmm. I love her. I will never say a bad thing about her. I think that, yes, her mouth gets her in trouble, but she is passionate and uh, loyal to a fault. And she cared about all of us. Like, she, she put us first. Like, even though she was the star of the show, she wanted to make sure that we were all taken care of. Like, she really cared about us. You know, she's one of these people in show business where half the stories I hear about her are like yours, and the other half are like, oh my God, she's a nightmare. Hmm. So I just wonder if it's situational. Like, if, if yeah. maybe when she's in theater, that's where she's happiest, and so she's yeah, but I think in a good place. I think, you know what it is? I think she passionately wants things to be done the right way, where, like, most people are... are, poli- are are political about things are like oh I'll roll with it. Um, she'll stand up and say no you can't do it this way you and can't act this way I don't think she has a lot of skills in dealing with it I think she knows when she's angry and instead of just trying to figure out how to deal with it she just doesn't yeah. she's like, and she Rah. just says what she thinks <laughs> I'm the same way they were so much fun I have to have them back <laughs> they're great yeah great guests other great guests that we had when Joey was co-hosting were comedians Joanne Filan and Irene Bremis oh the straight lady and the lesbian. <laughs> yes, they're such a good duo. Yeah. They were riot. Oh man, we they're talked riot. to them. We had when we had them on the show. Uh, this was on March fourth. Um, we had just done a story about uh, this Girl Scout who set up her Girl Scout cookie stand in front of a legal pot yeah, dispensary. Yeah, the smart Girl Scout girl. <laughs> yeah, well, she's smart. And we were she... talking about what a great idea that was. So we uh, go right to your target market. I mean, yeah, go just right there. So we, with the pie heads. Mm-hmm. we talked to Joanne and Irene about uh, what they thought of this. And we also got into a semi-serious discussion about sexual harassment um, in stand-up comedy and in show business in general. So take a listen to the episode from March 4th with Joanne Filan, Joanne Filan and <laughs> Irene Bremis. You like Girl Scout cookies? Love them. What's your favorite? I'm a Samoas guy. Me too. Mm-hmm. I love the love Samoas. Love Samoas. Yeah. They're the best. I can't eat uh, Girl Scout cookies anymore because I'm vegan. But when I did eat them, <laughs> Samoas are the most delicious. But anyway, uh, a girl in San Diego, a Girl Scout, decided she was going to, she found the perfect place to sell Girl Scout cookies, and that was outside of a marijuana dispensary. Yes. Good call. So she set up, and that's audio of some of her customers. She set up uh, the her table outside the pot store and sold more than three hundred boxes in six hours. Oh my god! Wow. Raising more than fifteen hundred dollars. While some have praised the plucky scout for figuring out where the demand would probably be, the Girl Scouts organization has been wrestling with how to handle. Marijuana adjacent sales as more states have legalized the drug. You know, it's legal in California. Uh, Girls who wheel their their cookies in these carts can travel basically wherever they want as long as, uh, you know, their parents are okay with it. But there are stricter rules about where to set up these booths or stands. There's no nationwide policy for this. Um, A spokesman for the Girl Scout said it's kind of a community issue. Uh, the girl was selling her cookies outside of Urban Leaf, which posted a, f- a photo of her on their Instagram account. The founder of Urban Leaf said he was definitely surprised by the controversy that it created. I say she's a fabulous entrepreneur. Yeah. Yes, she is. Like you that said, is she the knows- best community to go to is yeah. a potheads after they are high. They are want, they want some cookies. I know I want some cookies. She knows what the demand is. Except Adam the, said, yeah. the thing is, when I used to smoke pot, 
I would eat a lot of things like cookies and chips, but then I wanted to like drink something cold. I mm-hmm. feel like if you you have to have a lemonade stand set up there as well. Or milk. Imagine just cookies and milk. I don't know if I want milk when I'm high. Maybe, maybe a milkshake. Ooh. Oh, a nice milkshake, yes. Definitely I, a milkshake. Now I kind of want to get high. <laughs> we could totally do that after the show. Can we get high? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, speaking of uh, things that make us high, our guests today are both making their return to the ass. Uh, they made a splash back on the show in September. They are both hilarious stand-up comedians and two of my favorite people. Please give a warm ass welcome to Joanne Filan and Irene Bremis. Come on, audience. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies. Oh, good to be here, sweetie. Yes. You're our first return guests. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And, and no one else has has been likable or interesting. <laughs> yeah. This is back. this is this is hard to beat, sweetie. You know. Oh yeah. It's yeah. a great combo. It is you a get, good combo. You got the lesbo. Yeah. Yeah. And and, um, and the transsexual. You got the trans yes. woman. No. Caitlyn Jenner, just a little better, right? <laughs> you don't look like Caitlyn. I Jenner. know I don't. Someone fucking did tell me I did look like her, and I got what? a little upset. Don't take You're this the wrong prettier. way. They oh, started shit. the sentence. You know, Caitlin with, looks fabulous. Oh, thank you so much for. Caitlin looks good for a woman of oh my God. sixty-seven. No, actually, she does look good. She I is. like to say that Caitlin looks like me. Okay, I was here first. <laughs> she, Fuck you, Caitlin. She stole your look. <laughs> Better than Bruce. Bitch Bruce stole looked your like look. a yeah. train wreck. Well, now we know why. Because yeah, he was yeah. sort of trying to transition, yeah. but not let yeah, anyone with a, like, know a about it. A frying pan to the face. Like, how was that yeah. going to help? Wow, Joanne going for the kill. Got a Go little, for it, Joanne. I've never seen this side Sorry. of you, Joanne. Neither <laughs> have I, but I'm loving it. Wow. Have, uh, have either of you uh, ever, were, were either of you ever a Girl Scout? I was. I was a, uh, a brownie. I know it's going to be hard to believe, but I was actually a Boy Scout. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I swear to God, it I was thought that a, was only recently that they started letting. Yeah, girls be they Boy just Scouts. started letting that. It wasn't. Um, like a, a, a formal Boy Scout, but it was like an explorer group back in school mm-hmm. for like scuba diving, and it was affiliated with the Boy Scouts. Mm. So I was semi a Boy Scout. Like I got a letter saying that I had to bring all my canned goods up to the local like shops, wow. shop right, and sell them out <laughs> front or, so, or I don't know what, what? The hell it was. It was. Were you the only girl? Uh, no, there were other girls in the explorer group, but. Um, the Explorer I, Group sounds like a place where I you, know. you know, experiment with your sexuality. I, Ironically, yeah. I was in the Explorer Group, and yet I've never done anal. Right yeah. <laughs> there, you go. Right. Yeah. As we established like a last back time. to the yeah. Oh, yes, queen. If you'll remember the last time we had Joanne on, not only mm-hmm. has she never done anal, she's never tasted anal. Right. Oh, so wow. we brought a sample here today. Oh, wonderful. Is <laughs> that what I've been like drinking? Se- is there a segue? <laughs> is there a new flavor yeah. of Girl Scout We're cooking? bringing in a Girl Scout. Here we Scout. go. Enjoy. <laughs> now, uh, but you were a Girl Scout, Irene. I was. Now, I know that they're doing, um, yeah, I was, a, I was an actual, I was a brownie. Oh. I was a brownie, and uh, the, I was surrounded. Really young girls. The little ones, the, yeah, yeah, the little young girls, and I was surrounded Brown's by nice um, girls. I like, I like the idea of a co-ed uh, Girl Scout now. Sure. Only I'm afraid the boys might grab them by the cookies, right? Oh. You got to watch out for that. You never know what happens mm-hmm. with boys in the uh, Girl Scouts. Joey, were you in any scouting group? I was a Cub Scout. So I, I guess kind of oh. like the equivalent yeah. of a brownie. I was jealous yes. of the Cub Scouts because they wore those little pink What's sashes around their neck. What's the difference between the Cub Scout and a brownie? I feel like brownie, like... Well, they're boys or girls. I don't think we learned... I know. Oh, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. wow. Like young, when I was a little the, boy. Was Cub Scouts are, are male brownies. They're male brownies? Okay. I always love their shirts. Yeah, yeah they had great little the uniforms. Scarves. I just remember the pink the, scarf. The handkerchiefs yep. or whatever yep. they yep. are. Yep. I always was jealous of that. My mom thought that those groups were all like Hitler Youth Group, so I was not allowed Well, they are, sweetie. She's got a point. Now, did, did you have to sell cookies, or was that just a girl thing? I feel like there's—I yeah. don't remember boys selling cookies. We never did the cookies. Yeah. We did like we did the Salvation Army outside the local right. shop. Oh. Right, but did, but it's a good question, Irene. How do the Boy Scouts raise money? They they mm. uh, they they were altruistic, and uh, the girls were pushing uh, fucking trans fat. I guess. And <laughs> I those, guess so. The girls had <laughs> to like, make cookies. the money, and the boys <laughs> yeah. just coasted in their fucking Our canoes. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know what? Basically. I was I was in a group that probably doesn't exist anymore oh, or if God. it does it has a different name <laughs> this it? was the 70s it wasn't the Hitler youth I, was it no i was i was an indian guide <gasps> no way what, what is this i that love it awesome. these were for really young boys this is when i was like six or seven and we you know it was very native american themed we had like feathers you know oh. we wore like a headdress and it's right, very racist it was now. so racist so horrifying oh what and next we all had to adopt indian names this, oh I'm not making this up. Oh my God, get out of here. Uh, you didn't believe Joanne's story I about know. being a... <laughs> <laughs> so my, 
my name, which was given to me, was... L- Oh, oh God! Oh, oh God! Here we little go. running tongue. Oh God! Oh. Look, and then you wonder why I never you're shut gay. The fuck up. Oh. <laughs> Is that what it's I mean, it sounds like so. someone who does a lot of cunnilingus, but no, yeah. it was because I never shut up. And then my father, who was a pediatrician, was Chief Sayah. Oh, nice. So it was real racist. and I Very think, racist. If Indian Guides exist now, I'm sure it's called something else. Yes. <sighs> Man, but they were racist. I remember being in high school. We had an, listen to this one. We had a slave day in fucking high school. No <laughs> yeah, we did. And I'm not the only high school. Yamanika Saunders was talking about it too. Holy in Virginia. Shit. What yeah. would slave day consist of? You buy somebody and you make them do whatever the fuck you want them to do. Was Wait. it sort of like an anti, like this is Was how it not to, teach to live? you about slavery? Yeah. Um, no, no we, we're, we're, we're making this to, to, yeah, no, I think it was good? crazy. But Yamanika Saunders, do you know who she is? She's mm-hmm. a comic, right? Yes. She hilarious said, in ver- yeah, hilarious, one of my favorites. Uh, she said that the same thing in her high school, too. Right, and I mean, so it. What was it? What was the point? The point is that you just buy somebody, and then you just make them like you slave them around. But where would the money? Would the money go to raise money for someone for the school? For, um, I I don't really know. Person? Probably like some fucked up place. Like it wasn't anything altruistic, or else I would remember. Wow. You know what I mean? It might have been for like, like for the school dance, which is not that important. Well, to debase not people. To... You I mean, know? I would have liked to have been offended. a slave. Yeah. JB is offended. I am highly offended. I did not know yeah. this existed, but it yeah, it did. And I, I honestly, I'm I sw- offended. Yeah, and you yeah. should be. I didn't. Not only didn't. Not only did it exist in in high school, in my school, in high school, but it also exists. Like Yamanika said that she had it in her school too. Wow. What yeah. the actual fuck is wrong with people? They're fucking well, idiots, where sweetie. Where did you go to school? That's okay. what I'm talking about. Lexington school? in Massachusetts. And where did Yamanika go to school? Uh, she went in Virginia. She, she's from... She's, she's from... from wow. No, thought, Maryland. She went to Maryland. Yeah, she, in Baltimore. she went to Maryland in Baltimore. Yeah, Massachusetts. That's cray cray. Yeah. Well, I know nowadays I, I see these stories on the news once in a while mm-hmm. uh, about these white teachers who who give like slavery themed assignments mm-hmm. and they always get in deep shit mm-hmm. for it yeah. as well. Right. They should like, yeah. let's not exactly. play with slavery Please at all. Let's not yeah. do that. Just yeah. teach it. Explain yeah. what happened. Right. We don't, there's no role playing mm-hmm. necessary. No. Uh, Tell I, people that was wrong for it to happen in the first place and move on. Yeah. Exactly. Don't actually Please live do. it. Don't have a slave auction. There's been actual, Please I've heard of these slave that, auctions, but, yeah. but when yeah. you're, but that was to make an educational point, a bad one, but, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. what you're talking about is just like some fucked up thing. We um we didn't have that in my school, but I would you not being have, an Indian guy I is that much guy. better Pretty either. But yeah. I wouldn't have minded being a slave to some of the guys in. My I'm high school. sure, bitch, but this is outside the bedroom. But, uh, Chief Glory Hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was uh, my my new Indian name. Yeah. Chief sucks a lot. Yeah. So, the last time you guys were here, I realized I looked at the uh, at the calendar, and literally like the week or two after you were here, that's when the Harvey Weinstein thing happened. Oh, yeah. So it yeah. wasn't even on the radar yeah. when you were here. Oh, it wasn't? Mm-mm. Oh, God, I feel like... Hard to believe, right? Yeah. yeah. So hard now to... that you're back, mm-hmm. I need to get your thoughts on this. And specifically, I'm interested, as, as women in the biz, mm-hmm. have you had any fucked up crazy experiences with men or in Joanne's case, women, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. acting inappropriately toward you, you know, be, uh, sexual misconduct, harassment, this sort of thing. Um, do you want to go first? Um, mine's, uh, no, you know, honestly, I mean, guys pretty much avoid me mm-hmm. <laughs> like the plague. Yeah. And there's honestly have not run into enough women in that kind of position that there's been any issue. I have a hard mm-hmm. time imagining women even Taking gay advantage women of that uh-huh. sexually harassing other women I, I yeah. don't you don't hear about it and it's hard to, it's really hard I'm sure it exists it has to male. exist well I used yeah. to slap yeah. everybody on the ass when I used to teach at Lucille Roberts sure why not I was grabbing everybody by the po- I'm sorry is that right yes queen <laughs> but that's but that's true I mean I I've done things that I wouldn't do now because yeah, exactly. I'm so woke about this issue. Right. Although your ass yeah. is never safe with me, just well, so I we hope can throw not. that out on the I table. I hope that my ass is always there the for the two taking. Of you have very fine asses. Yes, we, oh, thank you. you know, we talked you about this ass. last time. Squeezing my ass. And just I wanted love to get that, that out yeah, there. Yeah, let's get it out there. <laughs> we always wind funny. up talking about yeah. ass eating. Yes. yes. Well, yes. you know the show's called Ass. You have a very yeah. fine ass. You know, and you like to eat ass. What else is there to talk about? Oh no, you like your ass eaten. I'm sorry. If I will allow it, it's not. 
not my favorite. But I, but Irene, what if what is you know you're constantly working with men? Uh huh. There's drinking at these comedy clubs. Right. Have you had like a a situation where you're just like, ugh. Oh, God. I just hope my name doesn't start trending on Twitter. Irene, too. She grabbed my dick. It was really awful. You're the harasser. Um, well, you know what? Listen, I, I don't think I've ever had that. If I, you know, men are always, um, you know, men, women, you know how it is. Um, I don't really have any interesting, really crazy stories about a sexual harassment. Of course, guys always say off colored <laughs> things and they'll yeah. say demeaning things, but I'm also like that as a person. So I'll just say it back. Right. Um, and you know, I think, um, I walked past a construction site and didn't get anything. I got crickets, and I was very fucking upset about that. Let me just throw that out there, okay? Love those girls. They are welcome back anytime on yeah, the ass. They're super fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, we're always laughing in here with them. Naturally. They are. Back on February 4th, uh, we had the one and only Derek Hartley co-hosting with us of Derek and Romaine fame. Oh, you mean the one who likes to add his own clips to your show? He does. <laughs> I, yes. Thank you, JB, for reminding me. Derek uh, arranged for a sound clip that I was not aware of to play in the middle of the show, and I flipped out because I thought, like, JB had hit the wrong button. I was like, why am I hearing myself? This is crazy. So, yes, we won't play that, but... Um, <laughs> Derek was a fun co-host, and our guest uh, on one of his episodes was Rachel Butera, who is an amazing voiceover artist and impressionist. She does the best impressions Mm. of celebrities. And the thing I love about her is she does people that no one else does. And and I I asked her to give us her Jane Fonda and her Jamie Lee Curtis. And you got to listen to this because the uh, the impressions are uncanny. Take a listen. One of the things I love about you is, you know, you do a lot of impressions— um, that other people try to do, like Wanda and Joan Rivers. But you also do people that no one would ever think to impersonate. And the other day, I heard you on Facebook doing a Jane Fonda that was so completely dead on. Can I can I talk to Jane Fonda for a little bit? Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Jane, the, the right wing accuses you of being a traitor to your country for traveling to Hanoi uh, back in the 70s. What do you have to say to them? Absolutely not. If they had taken time to really research and listen to some of the things that I've done, uh, they'd know that that's absolutely not true. Just not true at all. It's so amazing. How do you how do you create an impression? How does it st- walk me through the process? There is no process. I can just do it. I don't know how. I don't know what. In fact, I went to go get my vocal cords looked at the other day, and I was like watching it on the video. The doctor was showing me as the tube was down my throat. And I'm looking at these gross vocal cords, and I'm like, how do those allow me to sound like Jane Fonda or Wanda Sykes or Holly Hunter or how? It is the most mystifying thing I've ever encountered, and and I couldn't give you an answer. You've just always been able to do this. Always been able to do it since I could talk. When I try to, I'm I'm certainly no impressionist, but when I try to impersonate people like as part of my stand-up, I always try to picture their face and try to make my mm-hmm. face look like their face. Do you do that, or does that not even play into it? I do do that if they've got something like, like Holly Hunter. She talks out of the side of her mouth, and she's got this weird little speech impediment, but her, li- her lips go to the side, too. And it's almost like she's got a little orange stuck under her bottom lip. And when you do her voice, you have to do that. And I'm doing it right now. You look like you have a stroke. Right. Um, so, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I do it, but I do it automatically. Like, I don't stop to think, like, hmm, how is Nitty hearing like when she's talking? Like, what does her face look like when she's talking? I, I don't really think about it. I just sort of instinctively do it. So, yeah, I don't know. Is there? This is Derek Hartley. I'm co-hosting with Adam. You're over Hi. the phone, so you have no idea that I'm even here. But uh, here, but uh, is there a quality that you look for uh, in somebody that you do impressions of? Do you see uh, or uh, uh, these various celebrities, and you think, "Oh man, I can't wait to uh, wrap my voice around you know whoever this is because because of the way that they speak or you know sort of what their personality is." Yeah, I mean, voices have always uh, been funny to me. Um, funny voices instantly catch my attention. And when I worked in a corporate office, like, I was making fun of everybody because, you know, in offices there's so many characters and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's really just like if I hear a voice that, that's funny or odd in some way or they have a strange manner of speech, like, I can't help but just try and start to imitate it. 
um, because I find it fascinating. Most people don't have a lot to their voice. They have very, you know, people are like, oh, do me, do me. And I have to say, like, well, there's nothing to do. Like, you don't, you don't have any quirkiness to your voice. It's just a normal voice. But, but see, that's how, I, that's how I feel about Jane Fonda. I can't think of what I would do to try to sound like Jane Fonda. But, but when you do her, it sounds like she's coming through the phone, like it's the real Jane. Well, she's got, like, um, she says her, like, CH is really hard, like, you know, a chunk. So, so it's very, um, <laughs> well, I used to do it in nine to five. Me and my brother used to watch nine to five and like her ex-husband would show up and she'd be like, Dick, let's have lunch. And we go lunch like really hard. And you could, you could do Lily Tomlin too. Well, you know, it's kind of hard. She's, uh, she's older now and it, well, it's a little bit different, but early Lily, there was a lot of air in her voice and while well, she would smile a lot and, you know, squint her eyes and stuff. But um, I feel like that also sort of sounds like, who's that actress with the big lips who's in all the Christopher Guest movies? Uh, Jennifer, oh, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, hers is a yeah. little higher. She's got like a high. Yeah. yeah, maybe she's a little bit higher, but she's also got that pinched sort of airy, weird voice to her. And then you got like Jennifer Tilly, who's got the air, but she's also got the kind of rasp to her. So it's just really, I don't, I don't know how it happens. Can you do I Dolly Parton, know. Rachel? She's really hard. She's so she's so high. I know the cutest little Italian restaurant. Just a hot skip and a jump from here. It's not very good, but I've I've tried it and it's not great. Is it's it just? High. Do you feel like her? She's too high. She's out of your range. Yeah, I mean, I can go high, but she's high and very n- nuanced too right. with the way she pronounces things. Um, she also, every once in a while, she laughs works, while she's really. speaking. There's a laughter uh, to. <laughs> open it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. part of everything yeah. she says. Yeah. No wonder everybody around here thinks I'm some dime star floozy. They think I'm screwing the ball. I mean, it's good. It it's better than it's most. Good. You you were on Instagram the other day and you put on this crazy red wig that one of your fans had sent you, <laughs> and you did the Jamie Lee Curtis scene from Trading Places where she explains to Dan Aykroyd how her being a hooker works. Can you can you do that little speech for us? Because it was so good. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, I know. Hamlet. He went crazy. She killed herself. Listen, this is not Shakespeare, Louis. I'm 26 years old. I'm from some miserable little mining town you've probably never even heard of. All I've got in this whole big wide world is this body, this face, and what's up here. I didn't even think I sounded like I wasn't even trying to imitate her. It's so good. It's really good. Really? I was not even trying to imitate her. I just wanted to do the wig thing. (laughs) And then you also took your top off. And there was a yeah, mo- moment of nudity in the video. If only I had her tip. It was a nip slip, but uh, somebody screenshotted it and I sent it to Mr. Skin as if he wanted. <laughs> Listen, you've got amazing tits. Most of your pictures on Facebook are you're showing your tits. No, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's only in the uh, in the bra. Once the bra comes off, it's like flat stretch mark pancake city. Yeah. It's a horror show. Rachel Butera from back on February fourth with Derek Hartley co hosting. Not only did Derek co-host with me this past year, but Romaine co-hosted mm. with me in what remains one of the most popular episodes of The Ass in terms of downloads. Um, and we had on a, a great guest named Matthew Rettenmond. He is a uh, He's the guy behind the Boy Culture blog. Mm. He's a blogger and author, and he wrote like a 40,000-word article about the history of LGBTQ people on American television. Spectacular. LGBTQ characters, wow. plots, people, storylines, hmm. references. He went. He literally found every early reference to a gay thing, wow. like from the 40s and 50s and 60s. Oh, um, it was That's such awesome. a great chat that we had with him, and uh, we. This was back on March 25th. So here's just a piece of the conversation that Romaine and I had with Matthew Rettmond about the gay history of American television. I'm looking at your list. And it suddenly occurs to me that 1994 was a huge year for LGBTQ people in terms of culture and specifically on television. Here's all the things that happened in 1994. Roseanne has a lesbian kiss with Mariel Hemingway. Ricky Vasquez comes out of the closet on My So-Called Life. Ross's uh, Friends premieres and and Ross has this lesbian ex-wife who's with a, a, a female partner. Pedro Zamora comes out as gay and HIV positive on The Real World. I mean, these are all milestones. Huge. Because this is when I was in high school, and that was big shit. 
What was it about that year? What what happened at, to, to the culture at that point? I really think it's about like looking at the whole list before, like leading up to that. It's like critical mass had finally settled in. Like it, it was finally, it had this momentum and it settled and it hit in that year. You're right. It's incredible that it was all at one time. But there, you get strength from other people doing doing things that you're not supposed to do. And so many people had sort of chipped away at it that it just kind of, I think it occurred to people at the same time, let's do this, let's go all out. And so you do see these things snowballing, you see them building on each other, and they're all huge moments. And they're all different, very different shows. Yeah. I'm thinking of where we were. I'm thinking President Clinton right. had just been elected. Well, don't <clears> ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. Very the, much in the news. Right. The, one of the first things he did was try to um, uh, drop the ban and the ban on LGBTQ service members. He met huge resistance from both Republicans and Democrats in his own party, and then that resulted in the horrible don't ask, don't tell. But it, suddenly everyone's talking about gay people, and I think you have Hollywood responding to that with all of these mm-hmm. characters and episodes. Well, and, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the, the Roseanne lesbian kiss episode was called Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, it's right. funny, like when things are happening in the government and in news and you have to address it, I guess that also gives you an in on television to, yeah. to have to say something about it. Actually, one of the very first references to homosexuality in a, in a news setting on TV was through the McCarthy hearings. Oh, right. Because they were just quoting what was being said. And so. be- because during the McCarthy hearings, in addition to accusing <clears throat> excuse me, people of being communists, they would also accuse them of being homosexual. Fairies. But I think we're seeing the same thing that, that you're talking about with, like, the transgender community. It we're is. seeing all these laws and all these things happening in, the, it for, in government with, in relation to trans people. And we're also seeing an abundance of characters now on television where once upon a time we weren't seeing that. Absolutely. And, and throughout this list there are countless, you know, references to trans firsts. Uh, it, it was a little more difficult because you have to decide where you draw the line because there's also a lot of drag used sure. in humor. And some of those really do cross over and some of them don't. Some of them, like I didn't include Milton Berle, Uncle Milty. Yeah, you know? I was curious about that. Why felt, didn't you? I just, uh, to, in my mind, it seemed so clearly not to do, you know, with, with, with gender and with like gender identity. That, and also it would have just been five times as long because... So many shows have done drag right. for a laugh, Flip for Wilson, a cheap laugh. Milton Berle. It's much more interesting when you get into the '90s and you see like RuPaul popping up on episodes, you know, uh, sure. which I had forgotten about. But but I we've mentioned this on the show before. At the time that Milton Berle was going on the most popular TV show in in America in drag, actual men were being arrested for appearing in drag at, at local theaters right. and bars. So it was you know we're such a fucked up time in our culture. It's like it's okay when Milton does it, but if you do it, you're going to prison, faggot. And then there were actual, you know, drag queens who were making money and who were doing those appearances and were beloved. It's insane. Like, there were several episodes with, uh, you know, a very famous, I'm trying to remember the name, very famous drag queen that was on um, Alfred Hitchcock. And you remember this episode where these nurses are all alone and there's some killer stalking pretty nurses? And, spoiler alert, one of the nurses is a dude. And that's like this huge shocker that this is a man dressed as a woman. Right. And this was a female impersonator. A man who in real life was married to a woman. And never got arrested. We're, we're just about out of time, and I have to mention what I consider to be the seminal moments, and they basically end your list. One is Ellen coming out in 1997. Take a listen. Why can't I say the word? I mean, why can't I just say... I mean, what is wrong? That why, why do I have to be so ashamed? I mean, why can't I just say the truth? I mean, be who I am. I'm 35 years old. I'm so afraid to tell people. I mean, I just... Susan... I'm gay. And then a year later, Will and Grace premieres. And there's no, that's no accident. And it's funny because, you know, Ellen and Sean Hayes, Sean Hayes was on an Ellen show recently, and they were joking back and forth, kind of giving each other a hard time. And he was teasing her that she had heard this show that wasn't as, success, as successful as Will and Grace. And she joked back, well, you know, your show wouldn't have existed without mine. That's right. And he admitted True. it. He laughed. You know. And finally, Joey... No Best of Ass special would be complete without the queen herself, Bianca Del Rio. I love her so much. And she has twice been on the ass. Has she ever been in the studio? Because I was only here the second time and she was on phone. She's never been in studio because she is the busiest fucking person on earth. She is usually in another country. 
let alone in another state. And on the rare occasions that she comes back to New York, she's like doing back-to-back shows. Yeah. Uh. She, she performs every night of the, of the, of the year. But wow. Bianca was kind enough to be our guest on the telephone back on January 21st. And what was really cool about this episode is in addition to Bianca, Scott Lowell was my celebrity guest co-host from Queer as Folk, the amazing Scott Lowell, who is a personal friend of mine, dated my sister back in college. That was a super, I was super excited that whole show. It was a great, he did two episodes with us, but this is the one with Bianca. And we talked to her about what it was like to suddenly become extremely famous, um, as well as which country has the best dick. Here's what (laughs) Bianca had to say. How many countries have you been in so far? You know what's funny? Uh, it, it's quite insane, but I, I couldn't even keep track. I know my, 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 it sounds so grand to say my assistant, but my friend that I pay that works for me, he knows better than I do. But I think this year, uh, uh, at the end of the year, would be six continents that I would have been on. Wow. So it's quite wild that you, you know, you're schlepping kind of everywhere. You know I me, mean? I say yes to every gig. I mean, I'm on the phone with you. But <laughs> it's, it's quite fascinating this year. This year in particular is my third tour, and I've been fortunate enough to work with, um, you know, in America, I work with AEG, which is a brilliant company, and with each year it gets bigger and bigger. So this year in America, we're doing 40, 42 cities, and they're adding additional dates, and then there's another 13 in the UK, and then I'll be doing uh, also other South Africa, uh, I did Singapore, I did Hong Kong, I did Amsterdam, it, it's, it's batshit crazy how many people are interested in drag in particular, you know, as, as well as drag race. I mean, these are some of these places you don't even get the show. So uh, it's worked out favorable for me that over the years, because it's been like four and a half years for me, that they're actually now catching up with my season because they're like on season, what, 10, 9, I don't know, something like that. And so I'm season six. So it, Right, they're watching it on like time, a stone television set. Completely, which <laughs> kind of matches my face. But yeah, very similar, very similar. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm just fascinated that that many people are interested, especially globally. You know, you don't expect that when you when you do a reality show in America, right. you know, on a closed set. You're like, okay, a couple fags in San Francisco will watch me. Maybe my dykes back in New Orleans will watch. But I didn't <laughs> think it would be this global at all. So with all the countries you've been to, which country has the best dick? You know what's funny is that you, you don't get to spend much time. Now, I have to tell you, uh, Amsterdam. Before I went to Amsterdam, someone said you're going to love Amsterdam and that people are really, really nice and that all the guys have huge dicks. Huge. And I thought, well, that's kind of ironic because in America, <laughs> if you have a huge dick, you don't have to be nice. Exactly. So was, <laughs> That's why I'm so that, nice. Uh, is that what it is? <laughs> Fucking pleasant. Um, no, uh, Amsterdam, I have to say. I mean, they're, I mean, they're just free there. I mean, they can smoke weed on the street. Those people don't give a fuck, so it makes life a lot easier. You know, I'm sure it's like that in Colorado now, but it's, it, it's just one of those things where I think when you don't have any angst or any issues and you're just walking around with a joint, you know, life, nothing shocks you. You know, they're a little freer than most. So I would say Amsterdam is definitely the place where, where the action happens. And you, you know, I've heard and let's this. let's face from... it, I mean, let's face it with my face. It looks better than a red, than a red light, you know, let's be honest. Oh, please. Darker. Yeah. You're gorgeous. Now, I, I always hear from drag queens that they get hit on when they're in drag and they don't, they don't want to be. Right, like oh, you want to. You want to fuck when you're a dude. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing sexual about me being in drag. Uh, have you seen me? Uh, I mean, occasionally you have somebody with a clown fetish, but it's definitely <laughs> not something that I find sexual in the least. Uh, it's not amusing. Not to say you know that I haven't like passed out in makeup before and stranger things have happened, but it's definitely not a preference for me. God, no. I mean, that that's horrible. At this point, you have met pretty much every big celebrity. Uh, you're oh, really? In, you have. I see. Please, I've seen you with Cher. If you've met Cher, you've met everyone. Which one? Which which celebrity has been the biggest twat? Well, you know, from years ago, uh, I had worked with at a, at a Broadway costume company. So over the years, that was like pre, you know, in New York, it's so normal to run into celebrities, so to speak. But when you work for a Broadway costume company, you meet several uh, people and people that would come in and out. And I mean, as celebrities nowadays, I mean, everybody's a fucking celebrity, so there's not really that, that many people that <laughs> are excited. Some are much nicer than most. But back in the day in the costume shop, I think the kindest I ever met was Angela Lansbury. Oh. Uh, and uh, let's see, who was a cunt? Um, uh, Elaine Stritch was a hoot, which who I loved. But um, I think the douchiest, which which I had not experienced, but I had found out was there the week before me, was Raquel Welch. Oh, really? Kind of you probably have to Google her. But usually the people with the least amount of talent are the biggest cunts. But that that's probably about it. Everybody else is pretty good. And once again, it's also been shocking through social media how many celebrities are, are huge Drag Race fans. You know, I mean, Wanda Sykes is a big fan of the show, and so is Neil Patrick Harris and, and um, 
Uh, I mean, there's tons of those people that you find through Twitter that are just praising the show and love everything. about Audra McDonald, for Christ's sake. I mean, one Amazing. of the kindest, nicest, most gorgeous people on the planet. And she fucking knows who I am. That's fucking crazy shit. So, um, it, but, but you're at you're at see. you're at the same level of fame as them, if not beyond it. You have 1.2 million Instagram followers. That's fucking insane. But what, you, but, what, but what does that mean in real life? You know what I mean? I probably it, I it means you sell out people, giant but, venues everywhere you go. Well, they, well, I mean, it's it's extremely extremely fortunate. But I think that at the minute that you get lost in the idea that that is your reality, then you're nuts. I mean, I'm fascinated that many people are interested in what I'm doing. And, you know, after 21 years in drag, it's an amazing opportunity. But I think that if you get lost in that, and I think there are a couple of the queens that are friends of mine that, that strive on that. You know, they, they live off of that. Like, how many people follow us? Or who's doing this? My thing is just to work. You just got to keep going. And whether I have 100 people on Instagram is great, but I need to have at least 2,500 people in that theater. If not, nobody gets paid. So You're for me, getting that's them, more, of the, more of the challenge. You what do you, know? what and, do you... And it, it's still... This is Scott. I was going to ask you, what do you think has kind of led to this? Because, I mean, there certainly were decades and decades of where the idea of, you know, selling out an arena or something like that for a drag show seemed absurd. Like, what has what has led to it all? Like, why? Why now is this such a huge thing, which it is? Well, I think that, first of all, drag in particular, uh, drag race. I mean, you know, I have to give it props. Here's a television show that. Mm -hmm you know, 80% of the show, you're out of drag. So I think it became a little more relatable for people. In the past, even the gay community hated gays. I mean, hated drag. I mean, if you were a drag queen, nobody wanted to date you, nobody wanted to bother you. I mean, you were basically that freak. I mean, even people that knew that I was going on the show were like, well, she's not going to last a day because she's a cunt. All hail the queen, Bianca Del Rio. And of course, if you haven't already, you must go to the movie theater and see Hurricane Bianca, written by the one and only Derek Hartley. Uh, and that brings us to the end of our Best of Ass Memorial Day special. What a year. What a year for the ass. It's been a great year, and I look forward to many, many more episodes. I want to really thank all of our listeners. Um, all five of you are very special <laughs> to me. No, I, I have to say, like, our listenership has really exploded, and it means a lot to me that people, because I know there's a million podcasts out there, so thank you for listening to this one. Tell your friends Thanks about so. it. Leave us your ratings and reviews on iTunes. And um, and if you have ideas for the show, if you have someone that you think would be a great guest, email me at adam at adamsank.com. You can also contact me through the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Sank. Joey, how do people follow you? Joey's Jam. On, on Twitter on and Twitter Insta. Twitter and Insta. Facebook, just me. And JB, we never ask you, how do people follow you? Oh, wow. Okay, so I, I am an Instagram whore, so you can just follow me <laughs> at StockingAaronKey12. Stocking? Stocking, uh, yeah, like the stockings that you pull up on your legs. Yes, that's stocking. stocking. Yeah, stocking. Wow. stocking we'll have to have a whole episode where we talk to you about what that name means. Oh my God, it'll be super boring. <laughs> it's only the last five minutes. Well, thank you for all your hard work on the ass. I love you. I love you, Joey. I love all the listeners. I Happy Memorial Day. Always. Happy Memorial Day. Happy, Happy Memorial Day, everyone. Yeah.